Hey everybody, it's a Woody Wednesday, Snappy J style. Welcome in here. I don't know why I said it that way, but we're gonna stick with it. It's Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham, I am Austin Ward. Yeah. We're in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. That's what I meant. We certainly get cornier. Are, but it is a Wednesday at the Woody. We get cornier every single episode. And <laughs> hey, I am a dad, so true. I'm allowed to make those jokes. The the bar is sinking. <laughs> the oh, bar is sinking. It's on the floor. Okay, well. Let's just talk about football then and no more jokes. We'll just play it straight for the next 10 to 15 minutes. No jokes, no smiles. Mm. What did we learn about the Buckeyes as they try and get ready to beat R? <laughs> um, Don't laugh. Sorry, sorry. Beat R is very funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, there's like a, a, a thing happening with the defense in particular um, that I guess is maybe just born out of success, but you talk to a guy like Teron Vincent and he's talking about like, you know what? My job is to eat up double teams sometimes. And I'm going to do that. And if it means Tommy Eichenberg has 14 tackles, I'm cool with it. And and Ronnie Hickman's talking about the other guys in his room and how well that safety room is playing as a whole. And if it means that some other guys have success, he's cool with that too. And, and there's a connectivity with the defense that I think is important. It certainly didn't happen last year. It kind of felt like an every man for himself kind of ordeal of right. when, when they weren't playing very well. Um, that is not the case this year. So, um, I, I came away from these interviews tonight feeling like there's a cohesion. Is that the right word? Sure. Cohesion happening with the defense that combined with the scheme and the aggression and kind of everybody up in their game, I, th I think is going to continue to help this defense grow week to week. Now, Teron did say that he probably deserved credit for 11 of Tommy's tackles. Yeah, so, that's fair. Teron, is that right? 11. Okay, give, him a, give him a dozen. He wants 11 of those tackles. They're, they're assisted tackles. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Hockey assists. Hockey assist. yeah, yeah, they weren't directly assisted. The thing about... Um, winning and doing it in a style that people actually kind of appreciate <laughs> is that it becomes a lot easier to deal with the feedback from the outside world. And so you're more than willing to like talk about stuff like, hey, these guys are doing great. These guys are doing great. As opposed to last year, we hear, I'm just doing my job. Man. <laughs> Leave me alone. It wasn't me. It wasn't, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> um, and that sort of change is a direct result of success. And as you said, like the people, they go on the Twitters, they see less cussing around their names. They see less... You know, <laughs> hatred being spewed by people on on social media, and I think that makes it easier to take a deep breath and, and give credit to other guys, and um, not have to feel so like you have to defend yourself the whole time. That's why I'm interested in the conversation around the young guys, especially. I always am, just because I cover recruiting, and generally I think more about the guys when they get here as opposed to when they're leaving. Just my nature, I guess. But the way that people continue to talk about Sonny Styles makes me wonder if the opportunity for him to be a much bigger part of this defense moving forward is there regardless of who else is available. Um, the, 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 the term they keep talking about is just like maturity and the way that he handles himself differently. The And, and I don't think that's an, an accident. And I don't think it's just lip service. I think everyone expects him to be a 17-year-old kid who comes in here and doesn't know things and, and is a step or two behind, but like he's not. And, and that continues to be brought up by people like Josh Proctor tonight for just not really any reason. This is not meant as a, a wet blanket on any of that conversation with Sonny Styles, but like Lathan Ransom is also extremely mature yeah. and very valuable. So if he's not in there and Cameron Martinez is somebody who's taken a long time to learn the defense in multiple positions and get out there. It, to me, I, I'm just saying that it's more about the injury. And it, I don't mean that at all as a knock on Sonny Styles, but he still has sure. more physical development to go. You now, he does not look out of place. He is doing things that I am 
astounded by. I was certainly dismissive of the secret weapon conversation the first time Jim Knowles said it in August, and I didn't want to go run with that and like get everybody's hopes up for what Sonny Styles could do. I, I'm still, you know, I, yeah. I saw what Wisconsin was offensively on Saturday night, and I bet a lot of money that Sonny Styles is going to do something on Saturday against Rutgers that I, I'm going to be like, holy cow, that was amazing. And he may even do it again against Michigan State. I don't know and how much that will translate to when you get to Penn State or when you play Michigan, that that's still going to be a consistent role because if he if the team is fully healthy ahead of him, like those other guys are also athletic yeah. and, and experienced and veteran. Like I think that just the, the interesting part about it is, or the unexpected part about it is that we're four games into the season. I think we would have been thinking at this juncture, like, hey, Look at what Lathan Rance is doing. Look what uh, Kim Martinez is doing. Look what uh, Court Williams is doing. But instead, we're like, well, yeah. look. So some of that certainly is a byproduct of the injury situations and the opportunity to get forced into the field. But the other part is this is a 17-year-old kid who doesn't turn 18 until November, and he got on campus at Ohio State in June, not in January when a lot of the 2022 class did. And the fact that he seems to be just – shocking people with his ability to understand football which is the hardest part for these kids coming from high school especially when they're superstars and you just get by on athleticism like he's not doing that and that's what's interesting to me about the the conversation about it i will say that you know the injury part has opened the door and sunny styles is, seems to be walking through it and so it's certainly possible that a wally pip situation could emerge at safety if anyone even so uses that expression or whatever Sue Wally Pitt I actually is. Uh, I, d- I don't know how much of our YouTube audience he out there. He created Mickey Mouse, right? Um, that's right. In America. Yeah, he's frozen now. Uh, <laughs> listens to to that situation. But it's it used to be a famous baseball story, and I guess it still is. But uh, I don't, I'm not saying that that cannot happen because it yeah. definitely can because of the opportunity that's in front of him. Uh, I'm not even sure that Sonny's path of the field has to be that way. Like, there could be a scenario where they want to play a matchup game, have three of the more veteran safeties on the field, and then throw Sonny out there. Like when you're playing like a team like Iowa, that's probably only going to have one or two receivers on the and field play and play three tight ends. Or tight ends. Right. Like maybe instead of putting like Cody Simon on the field, maybe you put Sonny out there because you know that he's got that length and that range to cover a tight end. So I, I agree that it, it feels unlikely that he's going to unseat any of the veteran six, I guess we'll call them. But I still think there's a way for him to be a part of this moving forward, even despite that. The more pieces you have that can play, the better, right? I think that's the goal. The safety-driven defense. For safety. Is a (laughs) six-cylinder. Josh Proctor is one of them, and I am uh, amazed. I I talked to uh, some people around him and his family on Saturday, and they said something that Josh echoed tonight, which was that that they've – had seen hadn't seen him act like Proc since he was in high school, and that was Berm. You got a good picture of one of his celebrations where it looked like he was six feet off the ground flying. Like we commented, Bill in the press box just about the way he was attacking the football and how uh, fundamentally sound he was as a tackler. It had been a long time since that happened. I can't say, and neither could he, exactly what is causing that. But I think he spent so long trying to think about all right, well, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is the angle that I've got to take. He had a lot of things mentally on and off the field that he was juggling. And now all that seems to have gone away. And so if he's allowed to just run and hit somebody or run to the football and and break up a pass, like that's what he's born to do, built to do. And, uh, you know, removing all the other distractions seems to be bringing out the best in him. 
Jeff Halfley in 2019 made it a point to try to simplify the Ohio State defense, which was see the ball, get the ball. Like that was it. And I there were times in the last two years when the Buckeyes were so disjointed and you're like, what is going on here? And it just seemed like they were constantly trying to figure out what do I do next? And you have seen, especially from Lathan Ransom in week one against Notre Dame and then Proctor on Saturday, like safeties who were just like, hey, I'm just going to go play free football and turn off the brain and just hit what moves. And, and it seems like that works. You know, I, I yeah. think that's good. You <laughs> should think, do more of that. Yeah, yeah it I, seems to me. I think, too, like guys like Josh and Ronnie and, and even Lathan, maybe to a lesser extent, or maybe I just think that because he's built a little differently physically, the, the key to this defense and why they can play with two backers is because those guys are very comfortable sticking their face and down the line of scrimmage. And I've, I, I have no doubt that Josh Proctor could be a really good center fielder if he ever got to play like post safety on every single snap. Mm-hmm. That's not really the nature of this defense, but I've, I feel like the best stuff I've, I've seen from him has been when he's in those kind of positions down near the line of scrimmage, at least to this point, um, playing at times like looking like a linebacker. I'm not saying he should be a linebacker, but he has the physical build of like a strong safety, I think, that really suits what Jim Knowles wants to do. And it seems like it's unlocking a little bit of confidence for him. Do you think that – so it seemed like for a long time that Ohio State wanted him to be the center fielder and be the eraser that Jordan Fuller was. Mm -hmm. And do you feel like maybe all – even in spring, we kind of felt like shouldn't Ronnie Hickman and Josh Proctor be in different spots? Like were we all – was everybody looking at it the wrong way? No, I don't don't think we were looking at it the wrong way. I just kind of think both those guys can do kind of everything. I think maybe we were – pigeonholing them a little bit when when it turns out they're both pretty versatile and maybe maybe in certain matchups you want maybe a guy like more like Lathan to play the center field or or if Cam Martinez is out there I'll have him do it too because Josh and Ronnie are so big but no I think I think that's the beauty of the position right now is that you put three guys out there and conceivably all three can do what you would consider the job of the three individual positions. Josh also mentioned that early in his career he always wanted to make the big play and just go out there and do the ooh-ah thing and like as we've talked about on this show a couple times in this season, like that's not the safety's job. Like this job is the safety is to tackle the person with the ball because if you don't, they score. Yeah. So when you make those those attempted big plays, you are risking giving up a touchdown. We saw that even on Saturday night. Kai Stokes totally in the wrong spot in, in limited opportunity against Wisconsin, and boom, seventy five yard touchdown because the safety wasn't where he was supposed to be. And if that happens you give up touchdowns. And Ohio State doesn't give up a lot of them, but if you go back to the Clemson game in 2019, it was Josh Proctor not being able to get down Trevor Lawrence, which probably turned the entire game around. You know, that's a potential national championship yeah. that doesn't happen for Ohio State because you didn't make a simple play in lieu of trying to make the great play. So the more you can just do the things you're supposed to do, the better everyone gets. I don't know if there was a lot to learn about the Ohio State offense tonight, Bill. No, not a ton. Um, Matthew Jones is like kind of the, the spokesman for the <laughs> offense. And uh, I like Matt, but he's not the most talkative guy in the world. He did talk a lot, though, about Justin Fry's impact. I know Ryan Davis asked about that earlier this week. And actually, um, Reed Fragle and I are going to have a Buck IQ later this week where we touch on this, too. But there is an energy, I think, that Justin Fry has that this offensive line is, is feeding off of. And I think, Berm, you might have mentioned this, too. It, it seems like Justin is kind of pushing the right buttons with everybody. And I, and I guess those buttons are probably different man to man, but he's found the way to, to, to kind of tap into what makes each guy tick. And, and I think that's why you're starting to see the offensive line take off a little bit. Yeah. I, every one of these guys is different. And I, you know, when you talk about the offensive line, you assume that 
five guys they play together it's one unit but they're not they're still a bunch of 20 year olds or 21 year olds who are trying to figure out is football going to be my future am i going to get super rich playing this game am, am i is this the last season i ever played so for a, a new coach in a place like this to come in and be able to do that with the starters who we expected big things out of, but to still be able to pull that out and develop the younger guys, the Zen Mahalskis, the uh, Josh Fryers who were moving around, the Enoch Vamahis. Like, it's a really underrated and under-discussed part of being a coach. And Ryan Day talked about that a lot on Tuesday. Like, this, your job is still developing young, young people into men, and you use football as a way to make that happen, but it can't be all about football. It can't be all about football or you will lose the guys in your locker room when things on the football field aren't going well and or when they're not playing because they're hurt or be, they're not playing because someone else is better. So you have to find a different way to connect. And Justin Fry certainly does that. And that's why he's killed it since he's been here and why Ohio State's recruiting class in the class of 2023 is guys that are really just interested in playing for him. Anything else? Because we didn't hear a lot from the offense other than Matthew Jones. So... Jesse Murko was out. Jesse Murko was out here. I unfortunately did not get the chance to talk to him, but he is uh, the most important weapon for both the offense and the <laughs> Yeah, defense. I mean, people talk about Sonny Styles as the secret weapon. It's Jesse Murko. Yeah. Yeah. He He's he punting well. He wasn't bragging about it, though. Like, he didn't, he didn't you know, put his helmet down like I'm the man. Like, he's, he's humble. He was he was waving the flag for Australia, however. So okay. He also said, uh, I did catch him say that Foster's beer is not good. Well, that's true. That is true. Common so, misconception about the Australian folk that they like Foster's beer. I've heard of Foster's is Australian for beer. I think it's Australian for crap. <laughs> uh, I'm glad we got to talk to J.K. Johnson and Jair Brown, the two cornerback starters um, from Ohio State's 52-21 to 21 win over Wisconsin. Both young guys. You don't expect them to be, like, you know, masters at the microphone, but um, you do see kind of their confidence that it has made them – rise up the depth chart and some of that of course as we said about safeties injuries but i don't know i feel like if we're talking wally pip i feel like that's an area where you could see some changes uh, even as everyone gets back to healthy at least rotationally where ohio state hasn't really done that in these first couple games i think you could see guys forcing it to become a rotation yeah at least we can't have a snap judgments without touching on the injury situation and what injury situation it seemed like <laughs> jk johnson and jair brown had been coached very well just to say oh you know we don't know what's going to happen and they they handled it and handled it and then somebody just kept poking and prodding and said well are you at least playing with the ones this week in practice and he's like yeah yeah but they have all they have a whole season so nothing's <laughs> changed i actually made a point of noticing this beforehand this is what week four after games we've been in here on how many Wednesday nights now six mm-hmm. never once after practice have I seen Ryan Day walk off the field with a player and today he walked from the entire way outside over to the bench with Jair Brown as he was getting ready then we saw Ohio State SIDs come over to Jair Brown to talk to him before he got to the microphone clearly Ohio State is saying don't say anything <laughs> that is going to make anyone do anything or think anything so you know, and he and he tried not to. He did a great job, but eventually gave up the ghost uh, that he was still starting out there in practice this week. That that to me also feels like you played well, you've earned more, but like be humble about it. Yeah. Like don't don't let on that you are now going to play more. And, and it's not just an injury thing. And here's your reward: go talk to you. Need to talk to fifty people <laughs> by yourself. I like Jerry Brown. I I just like his whole vibe. Yeah. Like that's a kid that really doesn't fear anything and 
you have to have that personality at cornerback. And I wanted him to. I wanted him to show more of that. Yeah. Like Denzel Burke came out after like two starts last year and was like, "Yeah, I don't think anybody can beat me." <laughs> I'm the man. Like I want that. That swagger needs to come out to press conferences, like That's, Damon Arnett style, Cameron Brown style. Let's go. The Louisiana swagger doesn't emerge until like season three. Oh, come on. Yeah. You can't say he's, he's, <laughs> he's already started once. It should be out there. Now you get to go beat your chest. That's what I want from top flight corners. I demand it. You can't do that if you don't start twice. Well, after he plays start you know, twice. Okay. 50 snaps this week, week and comes out next week, you'll do that. America, that's what we demand from our cornerbacks. Do you agree? Yes, we do. We'll shake on it. Hope you enjoyed a Wednesday wow. in the Woody. You've never done that with America. No, that got super weird. No. <laughs> it got started super weird, yeah. and now it finished super weird. That's the way we do it. That's Bill Berm. I am Austin. This has been Snap Judgments on a Wednesday in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Ohio State and Rutgers is Saturday. Don't miss it.